All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Too Black and Too Nerdy podcast. I'm your host, Chris. What's up, world? I'm your other host, Chris. And uh, today we have a guest with us, um, one of my friends, Caleb Armstrong, one of my buddies from college. He is a geek extraordinaire. He loves geeky TV shows, movies, comics, pretty much, pretty much everything. Caleb, do you want to give any fun facts about yourself or anything you want the audience to know? Uh, yeah, it's my guys, um, I guess the fun fact about myself is, like, I got into nerd culture, like, like a lot of people with the X, with the X-Men and, uh, Batman cartoons shows growing up, yeah. and I own over 400 movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're a bigger, you're a bigger movie buff, aren't you? Yeah, that's, that's, that's like my, that's like my entrance in, like, to the geek world was through movies we'll and stuff, movies. and I just held on tight to that love my entire life. That's cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we talk, We mentioned our things like last podcast. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. I said my first like nerdy thing was like Yu-Gi-Oh! And collecting Yu-Gi-Oh! cards back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Getting them taken away from te- by teachers. Not from teachers, by teachers. Hmm. Oh, those were the days. Good times. All right, well, our first um, topic is um, the Luke Cage Netflix show premiered a little over a month ago, like 30th of like, September. Does anyone want to start and just kind of give their thoughts and we can just talk about it? Caleb, have you seen the entire show by now? Yeah, yeah. I, I just finished it up a couple of days ago. Okay, yeah. so we're going to give a spoiler. Okay, finally, right. finally able to get through it. So I'm going to give us a spoiler warning. I'm going to put a spoiler warning up for this part. We can go into full spoiler. We've all seen it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, does anybody have any thoughts? I liked it. I thought it was pretty solid. It's my, my favorite one uh so far at least by like one season uh standpoint uh makes me excited for defenders i i did think that they wasted cottonmouth i thought that he he went out in a way that wasn't fitting to the character at least the character on the show yeah i've got i've got a lot to say about that but we'll let i'll let uh, caleb go caleb what are your uh you got any uh just general thoughts about luke cage uh, I agree with that assessment. Um, I think right now, like after just finishing it, it's maybe just below Daredevil season one for me, but it's really close. Daredevil season one's probably my favorite of the Marvel shows going. Uh, I thought it was really strong. Uh, same thing that Play did, played the other Marvel shows, maybe three episodes too long. I think if Marvel would kick these episodes, like kick them down to 10 episodes a season, they'd be a lot stronger. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought the characters were good. And I do agree, though, that we really think they wasted cotton out here. It was really... They, they did a great job building him up, and then they kind of pulled the rug out from under you really fast with him. Yeah, I would have rather him gone to jail than die. You want to go to war? At least from jail, you can come back. Well, I've heard an interesting... Yeah, inter- Sorry, Caleb, you can finish your thought. Go ahead. Well, I've heard an interesting criticism uh, that some people think that they pulled an Iron Man 3 with killing Cottonmouth and kind of replacing him with Diamondback because they the twist of him, like, dying, I like I didn't personally see it coming. So I was like, oh, that's cool. But then the payoff for the twist is like, nah. Because, like, Cottonmouth is kind of like, he was a really complicated character, especially mm-hmm. saw, like, his flashback and, like, yeah. how he got into crime and how he was a musical talent and had his family not been as, like, screwed up. He could have been, you know, he could have been a musician and that kind of stuff. 
But di- but then you replace him with Diamondback, whose backstory and motivation is a little weak. Like it's you know it's daddy issues. Right. Like that's why I hated Luke Cage. Daddy issues. This is the year of comic books. They're you know being parent issues. Like granted, every superhero has dead parents, but come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really like fun character, and just kind of like, okay, now we're going to replace him with the most generic villain that we probably could give you out of Luke Cage's backs. Like, it was really rough for me. Like, I remember you actually texting you about it, Chris, and I was like, I told you what episode I was in. Like, oh, this is when the twist happens. Yeah. So I, I remember I was like looking, I remember I was looking at it, and then I immediately texted you after it. I understand like why they did it, and I think it made the Maria. her to be ruthless like Cottonmouth was and I mean especially for a villain that's a strongman type but just villains in general I like a villain that you know is ruthless but pushes the hero character to make the tough choices and to push them psychologically like that's what you know makes the Joker a great villain like he's crazy as all hell but he'll push the Batman to his limits and that's well that's a lot of Batman villains but you know, but that's a great great thing about like Lex Luthor and the Green Goblin for Spider Man, Venom for Spider Man, you know, Magneto for the X. Oh yeah, I, I love. Sorry to cut you off. I was I was saying I also love that he had like a code of honor too. Yeah. Like that, I thought that was like a really like nice like touch for his character. It wasn't like he was running it like a business, and like there are rules to what I do. Like even like, it may not seem that way, but I'm doing this based off what. I've learned throughout the entire life of doing it, so I thought that was a really kind of cool turn for the character as well. Yeah, I mean, it's called organized crime for a reason, mm-hmm. because it's organized. But I, I think right. I think what they're trying I think what they're trying to do with like Mariah and Cottonmouth is that they're trying to flip the dynamic. Like when you first watch a show, you think like, okay, so Cottonmouth is like the top dog, and you know everybody else is just you know rolling with him. And I think the twist is like, okay, maybe Mariah's you know more dangerous and like more unhinged than he is or he was I think that's I think that's what they were trying to go and I don't know if she's going to show up in Defenders or like season two but they're obviously they're trying to set up Mariah to they, they're trying to build her up to do something later on I think because they knew they knew they're going to get another yeah. season like yeah. they have they're, they're planning that ahead I think she hasn't been confirmed for Defenders I think the only one from Luke Cage that's been confirmed is Misty Knight and well. well they showed a pre um we got a defender the screenshots a couple days ago. Yeah. There's a Misty Knight pointing a gun at uh, Jessica Jones. So yeah. there you go. You know, I guess Luke Cage shouldn't take too many girls out for coffee. Yeah, no, that coffee <laughs> line. I actually I went to a convention on Friday and I went as Luke Cage, but I did I wish I had a coffee mug and walked around with it the whole time. That was like the only thing I was like missing because it was like the best cheap thing I did. Like I went to I went to Salvation Army and got a five dollar hoodie and cut holes in it and then I wore like, you know, a yellow shirt underneath and I was like, perfect and I'm walking through the con and someone goes, Luke Cage and I'm just like 
you know, I just raised my fist in the you know. air. So it was, it was good. But um, I also like the I like Shades. Yeah, he was a good character. Um, a lie has to unparalleled as the truth. I also just like how he talked the whole team the whole time. Like you can tell that actor just loved like every scene he was in. Yeah, and it, they didn't really play on the fact that he's blind. Like you saw a couple things where he was like, "Oh, why couldn't he just see that?" But yeah, his he he's blind, and he said he looked at uh. Charlie Cox's um, acting as Daredevil to sort of, you know, emulate that, but that wasn't that hyped. I wonder if they're going to go the comic route and give him his, like, visor so he has his quote-unquote powers. I don't know if they would do like The way they've been kind of like building his character up, I don't know if they're going to do that, though, for him. Cause, like, they, they kind of like made him like more like the organizer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're just kind of I mean, it'd be interesting turn if they did. And then a, a character I loved, and I honestly, like, I rolled up a little bit with Pop. Oh, Pops, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pop yeah. That was sad. Yeah, but they needed to give him motivation to go out and... They and Uncle Ben him. Yeah. They straight up just Uncle Ben but, but, Pops. They had to give him his Uncle Ben. Yeah. No, I mean, it literally, like, because I, 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 I got my dad to watch it, and my dad literally goes, oh, is he, like, going to be, like, Uncle Ben? And I was like... Well, it was an interesting juxtaposition for Luke Cage and Cottonmouth because they both loved Pops, even though Cottonmouth had been more of a... Uh, he had more veered from the path and was more sort of intimidating towards Pops, but it was still just his reaction to that the funeral scene. I like the funeral when they're both, well when they're both just throwing shade at each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, that, was, that was good. I enjoyed that. It's like Thanksgiving. During the prayer, everyone's throwing shade. Yeah, and I will say that Luke Cage compared to the other shows, the show it gave me a sense, much more of a sense of like community yeah. than the other shows did. I mean, the show, yeah. I mean, it is a love letter. Like, if, I, I, if you live in if you live in Harlem, you probably just like loved it. But Luke Cage is, you know, he's going out and you know helping people when they're like robbed and whatnot. And you know, he has that the Method Man cameo mm-hmm. at the end. It's like, oh hey, you're Luke Cage. Like that's not something you really really saw from Daredevil because he's out at night. And then. Jessica Jones, her story is more just about dealing with her problems and, mm-hmm. you know, her dealing with her nemesis, where I think Luke Cage is more about, like, him being, like, a community, like, servant. I'm, I'm speaking of Jessica... You, you, Go ahead, Gil. To me, he seemed, yeah, seem like, like, of all, like, the Netflix shows, he's, like, the most heroic, like, just kind of out of the gate. Mm-hmm. It's, he's, he's like wearing, like he's wearing it on his sleeve. And he's like, I'm gonna be a hero for these people. I'm gonna do it any time of day, any time I'm needed. I think that was really kind of cool. Yeah, because thinking of just, uh, I rewatched Daredevil season two, or at least part of it, uh, not too long ago. And when Daredevil was talking to Electra, and he said he needs this part of him, as opposed to Luke Cage, who is doing it for the people of Harlem. So, yes, Daredevil is trying to right. save his city, but there's a selfish aspect to it, as opposed to Luke Cage, where Pops was literally Uncle Ben. He could have said, with great power comes great responsibility, but no, it's always for <laughs> Yeah, me. yeah. I mean, it would have been the first time in the MCU in the past, like, ten years that someone said, with great power comes great responsibility. They have to say it in Spider-Man Homecoming. They're they, not they, going to. They need to. They're they're going to. We want to be different. They're going to beat around the bush just like the Amazing Spider-Man did. And I'm like, no. 
Just say it. If we you need can it. do things and then you don't, then bad things can sometimes happen. It's like, what? No, just say with great power yeah. comes great responsibility. But yeah, I mean, Luke Cage, I think he's he's the, he's the defender that you'd almost, he's the one you most want to hang out with, like, in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, yeah. you'd want to go to a bar with him and have him be, like, your wingman. He's like, you know, he's like the older, he's like, a, he gives off, like, an older brother type vibe. Yeah, Matt, like someone will look out for you. Yeah, Matt Murdock though is sort of a dick. Oh, Jessica yeah. Jones is Jessica Jones. You call on you call on her when you're in trouble. Yeah, J- Jessica Jones. I feel like if I knew someone like her in real life, she would just get on my nerves because Jessica Jones is someone who does the right thing like eventually, <laughs> you know. And it's just like you'd be like, all right, Jessica, like come on, like what are you, what are you doing? But speaking of, speaking yeah, of Jessica, like, she, she strikes me as a character who will make the wrong decision because she thinks she doesn't deserve the right one yeah. like the entire time she's intentionally intentionally hurt herself because she thinks she doesn't deserve happiness and that's like at a certain point like come on Jessica you, you know what to do here let's, let's go yeah well people do that in real life so I, I feel like there were a lot of people that could sort of identify with that during the show mm-hmm. um, and just speaking of Jessica oh, yeah. Jones and just Luke Cage in general I don't see them having separate shows for that much longer because they they will eventually be together and I see one joint show and I'm okay with that. Honestly the defenders could take really think, the defenders could take yeah, over I really think about that. and they could just be a season by season thing. Yeah like I'm Legends cur- of Tomorrow. Yeah I guess once Iron Fist comes around we'll we'll see I will see how the dynamic is because, like, you, I know you guys know there's probably like a little controversy with like Iron Fist because, like, apparently, like a lot of like some Asian people are upset because they feel like it's like a white savior story, mm-hmm. you know, where you have like a white guy go to Asia and he, you know, he learns martial arts and all of a sudden he's better at it than all the people that have been doing it for years. You know what I mean? For more on this, watch Matt Damon's The Great Wall. Oh yeah, or um. You guys see a Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson? Yep, or The Last Samurai. Yep. We could go on for this. Yeah. Forever. The Last Airbender. The Great White Hope is a... Don't bring up The Last Airbender. Don't you do that. (laughs) This podcast will take a turn. (laughs) God, I know, I know. But it's just, I'm going to see, I mean, obviously, like, I hate to say Marvel's in my pocket. Like, anything, like, if I, I've heard some things about Doctor Strange. I'm still going to go see it. Like, I will see it at least to complain about it. Like, oh, I, I would definitely say go see it. But yeah. I just, the, the thing that I didn't like is one of the things I don't like about most Marvel movies is their villains. But um, yeah. this one was too short. This and Suicide Squad were both 90 minutes. You could have gave another 15, 20 minutes towards villain development, character development. Well, you didn't really need to do more character development, Dr. Strange. I think they did a good job with that. But you could have done more villain development. Yeah. And that, that, yeah, they really just didn't care about the villain. Yeah. Again, this typical Marvel movie where it's like... <sighs> Come on, Marvel. We're going to give like, a lot of like, fun development. A lot of fun development Maybe here they there, just give not really too. Maybe Marvel's just given up with villains and movies. Well, They're just gonna be like, we're gonna try on TV. Well, they have their formula down, and then and you know, Doctor Strange was essentially a magic Iron Man. Yeah. Which I mean, it was cool, but Doctor Strange isn't quippy in the comics, and he was too quippy in the uh, thing. And or and I was having a conversation with someone, and we started off talking about Doctor Strange, and somehow got to Iron Man too. 
and how that original storyline was supposed to be his alcoholism. But Marvel said, no, that's too dark. So then they did the plutonium or whatever core and that poisoned him. And I'm like, and they're like, well, maybe Disney will do it in Iron Man 4. And I'm like, no, it's Disney. Their motto is more quips, less sips. Like, it's it, it's not going to happen. It's too dark. It's a family. I think if you want dark Marvel stuff, you pretty much got to stick to TV. Mm-hmm. Or read comments. Oh, yeah. Comments. Oh, yeah. Just read Old Man Logan and just cry. Or read Civil War 2 and then cry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a bit later. What? Like, read some War 2 and cry for a different reason because I think it's awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there it is. Well, <laughs> I was going to save that for later. Yeah, I, we'll, when we start talking about DC Rebirth, we'll get into Civil War 2. Just, okay, so, Luke Cage, any last thoughts before we move on? Uh, I, I wasn't uh, thrilled about the ending. Oh, was him going back to prison? Yeah, I was not thrilled about that. I'm like, no, don't you do it. <laughs> well, I like Rosara Dawson so much. And I was like, in, in like I I like Rosario Dawson, so I thought like her and Luke Cage were gonna get together. Then he has to go to prison. I'm like, damn it! Like I I felt upset for him in that moment. Like I was like, oh man. I mean, they're gonna get together, but he's ultimately gonna end up with Jessica Jones. So you know, yeah, by getting her pregnant. She's gonna be in Iron Fist too, and people are like, please don't have Claire try to date Iron Fist. But she does. On the rebound, does she in the comics? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what. Wait, happens. no, or is it Misty? I don't know. Misty he date, does. He dates Misty, Misty does. There. Yeah, yeah. But in Iron Fist, they have yeah. uh, Colleen Wing, mm-hmm. the, the other, because her and Misty Knight are like partners in comics, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Misty Knight will lose her arm and get a bionic arm? Um, they they teased it the first season. I think it will happen eventually, but I think it will be one of those things where. She might have a robotic arm, but, like, you know, she'll wear, like, long sleeves and, like, you'll barely see it because of, like, budgets. Like, you're not going to have... I don't think you ever have, like, you know, like, a cyborg type thing where she's just robot all the time. Well, you might get something like they'll do it with, you know, steel or something where you won't know. It'll be, like, a prosthetic, so it'll have, like, artificial skin on it and then, you know, something will happen and you'll see, like, the cybernetics. I don't know. Okay. But I think it'll be a, um, what's it called, a, uh, a consequence of something that happens in Defenders. She'll lose her arm. Get it cut off by a ninja. Yeah, it could also be like a fun way to bring like movies a bit closer. Cause, like, that might be like, that's like my other like, little gripe is like, with the movies. Like, they keep referencing like the incident, but like, that's like the only connection. So you can bring like Tony developing the arm for her and like just like signing a letter like from Tony Stark and like she opens it up and there's the uh, bionic arm something like that I would love to see Spider-Man in, in there some way in sometime. the Defenders well more in a Daredevil thing cause like the, take the Ultimates route where Daredevil thinks you know you know Spider-Man is just some punk kid and needs to hang up the uniform I would love to see that but that's just me yeah, Caleb, you got any last uh, Luke Cage thoughts before we move on? Uh, just watch it. It's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, for me, like, I got hooked during the, I think it was episode three when he goes uh, to the Christmas Addicts place, right? The warehouse? Well, not the warehouse, right, but... Like the big, yeah, the warehouse scene. Oh, yeah, that was, that was that was cool. When he picks up the um the couch like, uh, and swings it around, that was good times. Definitely watch Yeah, for it. me, like, that, that speech he, the, the speech he gives to the kid right outside of it, that's when it, I like, yes, okay. Mm. I've yeah. been to the show for a long haul, let's, let's watch it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, just the fact that you find, we there's, like, you know, 
we have a black superhero like on television and they're able to reference like social things but have it not like have it not be like a like a PSA yeah, or something preachy. like that or have it not be preachy I thought was good and you know I yeah I oh, yeah. I enjoyed it you know it's going to be the last black thing before Black Panther in like two years so well depending a on the Black Lightning TV show depending on how that develops and how quickly Fox gets their act together and eventually cancels it yeah I Oh, but oh, by the end, I gotta mention. I don't. I, I don't know if you guys watch Gotham, but they're doing something that's just. Yo, you guys get a kick out of it. It's it's crazy. Will I get a kick out of it, or will I be angry? You'll be angry, okay. kind of. It, it's funny. All right, so moving on. Um, you are you guys are caught up with like Arrowverse stuff, like yep. Supergirl, Flash. So you do you watch? I've seen I've seen everything from this yep. season from all four shows. Caleb, what about you? Uh, I'm behind a little bit. Like the one I try to keep up with most of the Flash. Um. Just the sign on that, but like, I I binge them like after school, like let's out for breaks. I just binge everything for the most part, except for Flash. But I know what's going on in most of the shows, so we can discuss whatever. Okay. Well, I will say that. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I think Supergirl finally knows right. what kind of show show it wants to be and how it wants to be different from the other shows. They're the alien show, and I think they're going to stick in the realm of being yeah. the alien show. And Arrow is the human and magic show. Arrow's a human, yeah. Arrow's a human show. Flash is superpowers. Legends is crazy, and I think Supergirl now knows, like, okay, yeah, we've got female characters, but we're gonna be the alien show because every episode so far has been about aliens. I have, I have two gripes with the Supergirl show. I have two of them. Go for it. One is the fact that the timelines are not merged. Or not the timelines. The oh, they're separate universes. Universe, separate yeah. universes, and that Flash will have to go get her. Yeah, for the crossover, problem. they announced that Flash is going to have to like go get Supergirl and bring her into their like world. I don't like that. With Flashpoint, you had the perfect opportunity to just merge it, and everything would have been fine. But no, no, they could have. They could have. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Caleb, you can go. Sorry. It's not like yeah, like it's like you're saying like, with Flashpoint. That's like exactly what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to bring in her world as a perfect cop out. You had every opportunity, and then they just said, oh, "Nah, we'll keep separate." I just the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. yeah, I just don't understand. Like, all I would have had, like, you could have had Flashpoint, Barry could have come back, and then, you know, Cisco could have been watching Supergirl fight some aliens on, like, a TV screen or something like that. Like, oh, isn't she awesome? It could have been, like, a one-liner, and yeah. then it would have been like, okay, she exists here now, yeah. you know. And then my, my second gripe with it is that, so, uh, they brought, what's her name onto the show, um, She's a cop. Can't remember her name right now. Oh, the the lesbian cop. I forget. Yeah. Maggie Sawyer. Maggie Sawyer. Yeah. Maggie they Sawyer. They brought her into it, and it's so obvious that her and Alex are gonna date. I'm yeah, like, y'all couldn't have been a little more subtle. Yeah, about Caleb. That. You know, a Supergirl, her sister. They brought in another character so they can have like a lesbian relationship on the show, and it's kind of the well the first the first thing about it was like 
in the first episode, or maybe, uh, yeah, I think it was the end of the first episode, Alex said something like, I haven't been on a date in three years because of you. And I'm like, okay, well, who's she going to date? And, like, two episodes later, Maggie comes, and you can tell it's, like, so Yeah, it, they're, like, they're not hiding, like, that they're going to have, like, a relationship, like, at all. Like, it's pretty obvious where, like, you'll just have a shot where Alex just looks over at Maggie Sawyer, and it's just like, hmm, just, like, checking her out. It's like, all right, we, we know what you're doing here. And it's going to end terribly, just like all the other seasons. W relationships. Well, except Barry and Iris. Well, yeah, we, but they're meant to be together. Like, yeah. you can't, well, no, no. Mark Gungenheim will change it. He'll Whoa. kill Iris and make Barry end up with Felicity. I, God, I hope not. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, what about uh, Flash? Flashpoint was, you know, it was short, so. I was a little upset with that. Yeah, it, the thing is, I mean, I should have known, because even Grant Gustin said, like, hey guys, Flashpoint is not going to last that long. And I thought, like, okay, so maybe it'll be a two-parter. No, it's one episode. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But at least the consequences don't mean. They did for the name only. What do you guys think about um, Killer Frost? Don't be a villain. Don't be a villain. Don't be a villain. I'm I like Caitlyn. The theory that's going around right now that some people think, they think that Caitlyn's going to go full villain, and they think that they're going to replace her with um, Julian, the... the, the no. uh, Malf- They're going to replace her with Malfoy like on the team, in which I'm like, then you're going to have literally like one girl in the entire show. I like Caitlyn. I don't... I get it that it's, you know, it's going to eat at Barry because he went and changed the timeline, but I would hate that. I really like Danielle Panabaker on the show. I like Caitlin's character, you know, I just, and it's going to happen in Kevin Miller's, not Kevin, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's episode, my bad. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like it. Caleb, you have any thoughts about uh, Caleb Frost? I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't know if they're going to turn her villain. I think they might try and like do like an anti-hero thing with her, like they turn her back by the end of the season or something like that. But don't think they're going to go full villain with Danielle Panabaker. I think they love her too much on the show to do that to her. That's just, just me, though. Just like find some way to like separate the two. You know, maybe HR will have that idea, like why don't we separate them? And then they're like, yeah, and then that wouldn't work well because then Killer Frost isn't bound by any of Caitlyn's morals, but whatever, they'll, they make bad decisions on that show all the time. Yeah, I just, I, I guess, I mean, I always say that we'll see what happens, but like, I could go either, either way with it. I mean, I like the idea of like, her having her own plot that isn't related to a dead boyfriend. Dead husband. <laughs> a dead husband. <laughs> oh, got a dead husband this season. Got and I hope there are some repercussions because like, they're really this whole killer frosting. I mean, this has been going on. This has been going through like five episodes of like this slow build up of like, oh, she has power. Oh, she froze this thing without anybody knowing. Okay, now she's got to go visit her mom. Like, they've got to have some payoff because they've been that and like Wally not having powers are both like that's the I'm they're a dragging barista. him out. Uh, I was a barista a few months ago. Of every every era of our show oh, has God. that line. I was a barista. Now raises. I don't have a suit. And now he has oh yeah, Ray lo- yeah, though. Ray lost his suit in uh, Legends, Caleb. I don't if you haven't heard about that yet. I've not heard about that yet. No, so we have a new we have a new alpha barista. Uh, well, uh, not- since, so far it is. I mean, it it makes sense because they're traveling into the past, and he has this mechanized war suit, and it keeps on getting captured, and it's just like stop making Ray such a naive idiot because. 
Otherwise, it wouldn't be fair. I mean, technically, Firestorm isn't fair because, you know, they're a flying man on fire. I don't know if you guys see on our Reddit, but they had a Ray Palm for Legends. They, even last season, they had a Ray Palmer, like, fuck-up counter. <laughs> like, every time, Ray does, every time Ray does something stupid. But um, I think Legends is, this season... I don't know. We've had two. We've had two like plotish episodes and two sort of filler episodes. But I've enjoyed it just because like last season was all like Vandal Savage, Vandal Savage. This season, like honestly, they're just having fun. Like yeah. they went to Japan, and then last season, I mean last this week they did like Civil Ooh, War. That, ooh, that had some moments. That in had it. yeah, Caleb. They did a Civil War episode with like Jax, and it was actually like. Good. They didn't like say the n word, but it was like they did like yeah they did like that and that's the they one. went they did like slavery you know what I mean and I'm like okay this is the CW like or you know everyone's gonna be quipping but it was actually like decent. But that is one thing that they are pushing in uh, the CW show. They're pushing like black issues. They're pushing LGBT issues. I mean, with Luke Cage from Marvel, they, you know, they're pushing black issues, but you don't really see that, you know, in the Marvel movies or in the DC movies, all like two of them. Uh, so three, I mean, three, I apologize, three, but you know, it, it's just not something because the heroes are 90% white besides the like two or three black sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah. CW, they're definitely pushing social issues a lot more, I think. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes from Legends from last season was when I went back to like the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, With the Dr. the Hawk monsters. Was like loving it. And Doc Stein was loving it, and then Jax is like, "Yeah, it's great for you, but not for me." Right. Like I thought that was like a really kind of they're pointing out like the issues and stuff. I was I thought that was really fun. Yeah, I think it was like last year in Supergirl that uh, John Jones was saying that. Uh, this world is not accepting of people who, who look different. Like, I say that as an alien and as a man who's worn the, the face of a black man for 15 years. I'm just like, I'm yeah. still not going to watch the show, but that. Yeah. Supergirl, <laughs> it's, it's an acquired taste. I mean, it's it's fine. It's, it's yeah. What about, uh, oh, uh, what about Arrow? Uh, I think I, I, I have my theory, and I think it's a pretty popular theory about who Prometheus is. Yeah, Caleb, yeah, have you watched Arrow at all? Uh, I, I do. It's, it's, it's my, my girlfriend of my show. Like, she loves it. I guess the one that we started off with. I'm giving them one more season. I haven't started the season yet. We're going to watch it over winter break. I hear it's better from what, like, some of the reviews and stuff. Like, everyone I talk to says it's better than last year. Oh, well, the thing... I don't know. They, the way I see it, it's, it's better than last year, but last year's, like... Well, Damien Dark was great the last year. I, I liked him. It was just everything on the hero side that I hated. Yeah, Elicity and then killing off the Black Canary was just the word. Like, it hasn't, like, season five, I don't know if it's done enough to necessarily, like, pe- to bring people who dropped the show back, but it hasn't done anything that I would say was just, like, terrible yet. Caleb, did you watch the series or the season premiere of season five? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you saw that Laurel's last words were like, don't let me be the black last black canary. That is dumb. That is the... I don't see how that has such resonating power with anyone. That is 
so stupid. Just don't make Felicity the Black Canary, please. Oh my god. If she takes an arrow to the chest, you can make her the Black Canary. Oh my god. Yeah. God. Hey, I'm actually proud of them for one thing. In this season, Felicity has a new boyfriend, and it's like barely mentioned. It's like this subtle thing. It's about to become a plot point. I know, but I'm like, for the first five episodes, you. it's not like every episode you hear like Oliver calling like, God, Felicity has a new man. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm like, okay, you're not. But they didn't have a healthy relationship. They didn't. It, And I don't see why people are pushing it because... You know, like, well, at, you know, coming with a superhero job, he has to lie, but she works with him, so he doesn't have to lie. Felicity was sort of controlling. She really is. And she's also a hypocrite. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah, it's it's all just a mess, and they should just be done with it and hurry up and bring Laurel back, and it'll be fine. And Katie Cassie is supposed to come back. We don't know, like, what form, but. Yeah. I'm thinking Black Siren. Isn't, isn't she, like, at the end of last season, no guy. She's like, in the plot line. in the vault uh, of supervillain. Yeah, but she's actually supposed to be in it as Laurel Lance. She, they're saying okay. Flashpoint will do something to bring her back. Are they, are they gonna, okay. Well, I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't really know how, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But also something I thought about is, remember when they went into Star City, in 2046 and Legends last year, and it was John Jr. Oh, oh, yeah, Arrow. Caleb. I don't know if you, you, you. Oh, you've seen Flash. Yeah, they uh they killed um Diggle's daughter. And now he has a son. Yeah. They retconned Diggle's uh, the gender of his child. Yeah. But so. that that makes sense. So now yeah. John Diggle Jr. is like canon. Yeah, and like then Connor Hawk. And then that makes sense. That why. You know, Rip didn't let Sarah go back in time and save Laurel if he knows that she's going to come back anyway. But there's that. Okay. Uh, like, uh, Caleb, they have a Ragman. He's kind of cool. Yeah, he's good. They have a Ragman? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, because, uh, okay, this is like a slight spoiler. They pretty much, they form a new team. So Oliver has all these rookies that he's, like, training. So one of them is like Ragman. He doesn't really need really need the train, right? But he doesn't need the train. He doesn't need the training, but he does have like the powers where he puts on like a cloak and the rags. You know, he like strangles people and beats people up with them. I was like, oh, that's you cool. Know, it's sort of like the Venom symbiote a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Think like Venom symbiote like style of fighting with like, yeah, that kind, that kind of thing. We're, honestly, we're one we're one season away from Matter Eater Lad. And that makes me very excited at this point. <laughs> oh, guess who's coming in a few episodes? Who? Talia Al Ghul. Oh, yeah, they're bringing on Talia Al Ghul. And, uh... They're right back into that Batman skin, huh? Yep. Yep. What about, um... I'm trying to think Trying to think of, like, the new team members. Uh, Wild Dog. Artemis doesn't do anything, really. Nope. Uh, Wild Dog is, like, your okay. stereotypical, like... Guy who goes off the rails and doesn't want to be trained, and he gets captured, and it's he gets tortured, like messed up. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's you know his, the wild dog character is sort of annoying because he keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over and over, and you would, and you go into his backstory, and he was still making the same mistakes over and over. So you're like, at this point, you just get him off the show. But Curtis. Curtis is how I have a problem with because 
when oh, Curtis goes in costume, he has braids. Oh yeah, and no, it's so, the funniest thing. He yeah, because Curtis has like an afro, and then he has braids like when he's like in vigilante form, and it's like that does he takes like, long time. That and this is like, dude, does he time. braid his hair? Does he does he have Felicity braid his hair? I mean, that she would know how to do it, but like braid his hair like every time he goes out. But see, when when I was a kid, uh, I got I had an afro and I got braids. I got cornrows. Yeah. That was a two two and a half hour process. So, for, like, in this last episode, they're like, call the team and get ready in 20 minutes. And Curtis is there with braids, and I'm like, no, nah, we just saw him with the afro. That's a lie. That's white people not understanding black people's hair. That does not take a short amount of time. It's like, dude, have him wear a hat or something. <laughs> have him wear a wig. Or Cut something. his hair. Cut his hair, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, if you wanted to be, like, I hate to say that if you wanted to be, like, a vigilante, you would just have him cut his hair and maybe, like... I don't know. Do something. I don't know. But yeah, that is like the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's, that's just not working. I just hear this braid in 10 minutes. All right, guys, ready to go. I tweeted that at Stephen Amell. I'm like, y'all, y'all, y'all mess it up. But I, I, I also think he's, he's way too wimpy. He is a black male Felicity. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, he is very like Felicity-esque. He's very season one Felicity-esque. I don't need two Felicities. I don't. Yeah, I think one thing they're trying like they're trying to fix what they did with Felicity because like what they did with her character last year was so bad. It's like, well, if we bring in another character who is like the first season version, maybe we can bring everybody back. Yeah, but the see the thing that made Felicity bad wasn't her quirks; it was her with the relationship with Oliver. Because even with this relationship oh, yeah. with the boyfriend that we're going to see, is that Felicity is still lying and she, like she lied to her mother about things and you know lied about things that didn't even necessarily need to be lied about, and then gets mad at Oliver for lying. That's the CW's thing. CW loves lying. Like all their shows always have a plot line of someone lying to someone else, and you didn't tell me. Well, Why are you lying to me? Well, we have with to have superheroes. Trust. That's sort of a given. I know, but it's just like they do it. Often, yeah, it's like, hey, gonna lie about this thing, and it's gonna come out of the worst possible moment, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Oh, 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 Gotham. So, Caleb, do you watch Gotham at all? I, I'm not sure if you do. I, I made it through all of season one somehow and dropped it halfway through last season. You're breaking right now, now right now on Gotham, there is a penguin riddler. Oh yeah, I romance. I thought the Riddler rejected him. No, not yet. Kind of, oh. but it's really one-sided. Penguin is in love with the Riddler. That is that is a plot line on Gotham right now. Just so you know. Wait, wait, wait. What? Penguin is in love with the Riddler. Like the Riddler starts working for Penguin because Penguin's running for mayor, and Riddler's like working on his campaign, and you know, obviously they're you know. You know, doing you know nefarious things or whatever, and Penguin is in love with the Riddler. That is that is what's going on in Gotham right now. Cool. You yeah. Know, fine. Yeah. Do it. So. Doing fine. That's I'm not fine. take any take any of your Batman knowledge and just picture that picture that uh fan fiction. I mean, I have a problem when I'm imagining I'm imagining Jim Carrey and Danny DeVito right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I it's mean, uh, it's. I, I I have a problem with what you take characters that 
generally don't have any type of sexual orientation or sexual relationship in the comics and then you put that into a relationship where it's not needed and talk and it seems to be a trend that they'll do it for inclusionary purposes and for the LGBT community and that's one thing but it's like you know, the legend of Korra if you guys watch that like I love that but for me I felt like Korra after she had you know gotten over Mako I think was his name and she hadn't really done any romantic thing all summer or all season. It was all about for the her. other three seasons. No, right. for the other yeah, for the other two seasons. It was all it. about her. And then I at the like, end, it's like oh, she, she doesn't gay. need anybody. And then her and uh, Asami get together, and I'm like, well, that was out of Random. nowhere. Like yeah. cause the only other interaction that they had besides being like the other the side chick and the main chick was whatever the letters they wrote between each other which I, doesn't make sense to me but yeah I, I know i know what you're saying you're saying that like when stuff is like shoehorned in and it's not it's not there for like a good story it's just there to be like oh my god look we have gay people look we have a lesbian couple look how progressive we are yeah, yeah. he's like if I you want to be inclusive that's fine just do it right like you do other things don't just shoehorn it in yeah i i see what you're saying but no sorry caleb I also feel like with Gotham, I also feel like with Gotham, sometimes they do things like just to see how angry they can get, like Batman fans. <laughs> I mean, like, oh yeah, you're mad. This going on. We're never gonna do this. I mean, the, the, the thing about Gotham is, I hate to say, it, I don't even watch it as a Batman adaptation. I just watch it as like a silly crime show. That that's it in my mind. Like I honestly forget that it's like Batman. You know. Especially because, like, you, you know, because, like, no one, you know, cause Batman's not in it. You know, he's a kid. No one uses their code names. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, it's very much, like, this is just its own thing, you know. And Krypton's going to be even more dumb. Yeah, they're, did you hear about that, Caleb? They're doing it. They're, they're pitching some show called Krypton. It's supposed to be, like, life of, like, Kryptonians before their planet explodes. And it's not even Jor-El. It's Jor-El's father. Understand, like you know, you have shows like Smallville and stuff like that. Back in the day, where there are certain effects they just couldn't, like they literally, you couldn't have done a full blown Superman show, you know, ten years ago with effects and stuff, and done it like well, you know, within like a budget. But nowadays, we have stuff like The Flash and even like Supergirl, where it's like, all right, you can use effects in Legends, obviously, but you can have you can have people, you have you can have shows where people fly around every episode and you know do it on like a budget, and it's like fine. Yeah. So when they do like these very like half superhero shows, like oh this is gonna be about Wolverine's cousin who doesn't have any powers and he Wait. lives on a farm, like no one, like we don't, we like I, I feel like as like I feel like superhero TV shows have moved past that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. You guys wanna move on to talking some comics? Where ooh, we're about like forty three minutes in now. Yeah, let's talk DC Rebirth. Alright, so you guys want to do Rebirth or uh, Civil War 2 first? Uh, Civil War 2 is pissing me off. No, it's not pissing me off. It, it, it annoys me. It's very mad, but I think part of it is because I'm enjoying Rebirth so much that looking at Civil War 2 is like, 
I mean, for Civil War Two, for me, it's just the fact that they're trying so hard to make Tony the good guy this time, and trying so hard to make and Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel she's, they just made her like a bitch, yeah, for like no reason. Like she's gotten multiple people killed, you know. Right. I'll be indirectly, but it's just like, why would you want to be on her side? Right. Which now everybody, or not everybody, but people are falling off, and I'm just like. Yeah. To me, it's such an interesting move, too, they're doing this, because she has a movie coming out soon, and you'd think they'd be trying to make her, like, the most popular character in the comic. It's just really weird that they're going out of her out of their way to make her terrible. And just unlikable, and just, like, I just, I don't know. Well, All right, so for those of you who don't know what's going on in the Marvel comics right now, pretty much Civil War, is uh, too, is this idea that there's this new, like, inhuman, so a guy with powers, he can... He can predict the future. Or a future. He can predict a future. And the thing is, the superhero community kind of splits in half over it. It's the second civil war again. Because half the superheroes believe, like, hey, if this guy has visions about the future, we can stop crimes before they happen. So if you know that someone is going to go try to shoot your dad at 10 p.m. tomorrow, well, okay, well, we're going to go and make sure that we're going to make sure he's not there at 10 p.m. tomorrow. But the other side is like, hey, you can't predict, you can't, you can't arrest people and do things before they happen because if someone's thinking about committing a crime, well, we don't, there's no proof they haven't done anything yet. So you can't, you can't like put people in jail and do that kind of stuff before, if, before they do, before, unless, before they actually like commit whatever act they're supposed to. I feel like I've seen that plot in a movie before. Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, well, what Project Inside, I guess they tried to have an idea about, like, that kind of thing, Winter Soldier. Not to, it's not, not to the scale. It's, it's, minority, it's, it's Minority Report meets the Marvel Universe, and I really just don't need that. Yeah, Minority yeah. Report, Person of Interest, Winter Soldier, all of it. Yeah, the only interesting part is Captain America. The Captain America tie-in was actually... I don't know if you guys have read that. It's actually decent with Captain America being like an undercover Hydra agent. And pretty much he's the one who's been behind the scenes manipulating manipulating the whole Civil War. Then it's like, okay, that makes sense. But if that's not a fervent plot point, like for the people that are just reading Civil War 2 like actual comic then they're just not going to see that until probably next issue when you find out why you have to read the tie-in that's another thing that you have you have to read the tie-in to understand the mainline like book in my opinion like tie-in should be like extra stuff like tie-ins to me are like motivations okay this person did this thing in the main story why okay you go read the tie-in that's why so-and-so is on so-and-so side and why they did this okay you know what i mean yeah, it's sort of like how no, it's the story, not not be mandatory reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like how they're doing the Avengers movies. Like the Avengers, you're making those movies so the people that didn't go see the other Marvel movies, which I don't see why you wouldn't, uh, know what's going. You don't have to go see those other movies to know what's going on. That's how the main book should be. You don't have to read those times to know what's going on. It's just an added bonus. Yeah, but. They're not doing that, so whatever. Yeah, so... Yeah, Caleb, do you have any uh, thoughts at all? Well, what's, what's Civil War 2? I mean, it just, to me, it seems 
very obvious that Bendis wrote this like four years ago, put it into a drawer, Marvel heard about it and said, hey, we can slap the Civil War name on it for the movie that's coming out and let's ship it out. That's just, it seems like an obvious cash grab to me. Yeah, I just, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm curious to see if they're actually going to like kill off like Hydra, Captain America, or not. Because they're like they're kind of implying yeah. that he will actually die. Because in the in the Captain America tie-in, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I, he because like he sees the vision of like you know Miles Morales like Spider-Man killing him. He's like, oh, I'll die for Hydra or something like that. So I'm like, is Cap, are they going to kill Cap like again? Like what's I don't know. He didn't. He didn't die that time though. His soul just got lost in time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, we didn't see that okay, plot point with Batman. If we get his sword out of it, though, I'll be fine. You say sorry? I said, yeah, if we just get good stories out of this, like, we'll forget about the event itself and be like, oh, well, then it went off into, like, a good comic for Marvel. Just, like, you have, like, infamous Iron Man out now and stuff like that, which would be the fun title, I guess. And then uh, Riri Williams is coming in as the new Ironheart. Seems like it's a, it's a fun idea to see how that goes. Yeah, they're going. I think that yeah, they're kind of like phasing Tony Stark out a little bit because there's like a new Iron Man and he's not he's not leading any teams. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're going to kill him, but he's they're doing something with them. They also made announcements. They actually haven't for some people thought they were forgetting about like the X Men comic books, but I think that starting next year they're going to have a whole new line of just all this X-Men stuff. I don't know if it's like X-Men, I forget, like X-Men Gold or something? Yeah, they're more trying to put the squeeze on Fox to give up the characters, which is why you don't have anything Fantastic Four related. Um, and that's why Beast is with the Inhumans, which is very weird, which I think Tony even said in one of the Civil War comics, which was funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not. I, sh- I, I wanna read X-Men. Maybe I'll go back and read some like classic, like. Age of Apocalypse or something like that. Yeah. Because the thing about the X-Men is that, like, the 90s was, like, X-Men, like, peak. Mm-hmm. When pretty much everything else Age in Marvel was tanking. Yeah. Age of Apocalypse is the, t- the tome. <laughs> yeah. It's so lost. Uh, quick sidetrack. Do you guys play Marvel's Contest of Champions, the mobile game? I do not. I've, I've heard of it. I see ads for it all the time. They're doing some very interesting stuff with the, the storyline. For those of you that don't know, it's the collector who, you know, if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy was in there, is running this contest where basically you have, you, you know, unlock certain heroes and you can fight with them and it's all part of this grand game. And the first act you're fighting or the first two acts you're fighting Kang, and then at the end of Act 2, you team up with Thanos, which is never a good idea, so I would never make that decision, but uh, then you beat Kang, and then Thanos is the villain. Then you beat Thanos, and then you meet the maestro, who's like the, you know, the overlord of the contest, and the maestro is... Maestro, is that like smart old Hulk? Yeah, smart old Hulk, and he's gone through different Marvel universes and killed like everybody several times, so he got bored and created the contest. And then at the end of Act 4, you beat the maestro, and then um, there's this thing called Isoe, which has been throughout all these recent Marvel games and a little bit in the comics. But then that's formed into an Infinity Stone, and that's the first one. And then Thanos gets it and puts it in the Infinity Gauntlet, and they've been doing all these event quests, and now they're just sort of forming the Infinity Gauntlet and stones, and then... 
the Infinity Gauntlet will probably be their Act 5, and that's probably how they'll end the game. Which is really interesting that they're going that route. They have, like, an intricate plot for, like, yeah. a fall game. That's, yeah. Huh. I mean, the game has been out for, I think, <laughs> one or two years, but... Hmm. Right? To make some money. Interesting. Yeah. And then they tried to do a comic about it where it took place in the main Marvel Universe, and then that failed within, like, ten issues. Because they were trying to do with what DC did with Injustice, and it just didn't work. Well, I, I there's, hey, yeah. there can only be one Injustice, okay? Hey, only one book can make me... We can seg... We can use that as a segue. Say, only one book can make me cry like Injustice. <laughs> All right, so uh, DC Rebirth. Um, yeah, Re- Rebirth has been, it's been pretty good. Yeah, they, as an understatement, like it's it's been awesome. I like I I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been I've fallen behind, but I I read some of the beginnings of Hal Jordan and Green Lantern Corps, The Flash. Uh, I've never fallen behind on Batman because it's Batman. I'm not first time, honestly, this is the first time I've been reading a Superman comic like yeah. week to week. Like it's Superman so is so good. It's so good. It, it is. And at Superman, like the action comics, oh my god. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it. I'm excited to see what they do about that. I'm excited. Chris and I were talking about this before. I'm excited about Boot Camp with uh, Damian Wayne and John Kent. And the yeah, Star Batman Superman. and Superman's kids uh, teaming up. They're going to get their own solo book uh, next year, I think. Yeah, but seeing Superman and Batman as parents is hilarious to me. Yeah. Well, I just feel like we're finally getting oh, yeah. like progression with like their characters. Because like... Yeah. Classic Superman is like, oh my god, secret identity, crush on Lois, haha. And now it's like, okay, he settled down, he has a family, and now we're exploring the dynamic between him and like his son, who like has his powers, but you know he's still a kid. And you know they're still trying to figure out his biology. Yes, he has powers, but no, they don't work all the time. He's not invulnerable all the time. Yeah, it's just, and and that's a way because part of part of the issue with Superman stories is that. He's like invulnerable. So how do you give him weakness? But okay, now he has a son. Now that gives now that gives Superman something to worry about. Cause did you see? Cause in the latest Superman comic, like Damian Wayne kidnaps. He kid yeah he kidnaps John Kent. He kidnaps Superman's son. Yeah. And then Superman just shows up in the Batcave and he's like, "Where is my son?" I was like, "Oh my god." And like Batman's like, "We need to return him before it's two. And then boom, he's like, "Late." <laughs> Where is my son? I love that. This was, was a great issue, though. Honestly, I, like I love this issue. I think it was on uh, three issues ago when I went to the fair. Yeah, it was just like the family going out to the fair. It was so it just it's it's just family fun. It's just like it, it shows you like how pure Superman is, like him just trying to raise his son in like this crazy world and be a superhero. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the most my my favorite title on a rebirth right now. I've been reading a ton of them, so. Yeah. I haven't been too big of a fan of the Justice League comics, though, in, in Rebirth. I dropped that one. Like, this, it's okay. It, yeah, it, it's not, it hasn't been as good as, you know, all Trinity's the interesting. Comics. Yeah, Justice, Trinity. Trinity is interesting, which is just Superman, really Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Justice League, nah. Yeah, because it's not, it's just, you know, they're doing these new, like, world-breaking threats, and it's like, eh, okay, whatever. What what are the impacts of you know dark side war? But you know, with with Batman, you have the the Suicide Squad mission where Batman has to go to 
um, Santa, Santa Prisca, Prisca, yeah. Which is interesting. I'm sort of curious as to how. I don't know, Caleb, if you if you read this, they like said this at the end of two issues ago, where it was like Catwoman killed like 247 people, so she's awaiting death. Uh, the death. Yeah, Catwoman on death row. I'm, I'm like, what like, the hell did Catwoman huh? do? <laughs> like, what did she do to kill two, almost 250 people? Damn it, Batman! You just created another mass murderer just because right. you wouldn't go out for coffee. Hey, Luke Cage! <laughs> every good day starts with the day of coffee. coffee. Yeah. God, but yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, I, I, sorry, Caleb, you can go. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I've been keeping. Sorry, yeah, I, I've been keeping up with Batman. So yeah, when I was reading that, I the last panel, like, I think that was the last issue when the arc started, and he starts off with the I've been thinking a lot about you and me. I'm like. They're not putting the Joker on this team. Yeah. And then he flips over the mask and you see Cat. And you see Catwoman. I'm like, what did she kill all those people? What were they missing? This? Yeah. What's I'm like, like up here? and like how? Because she wouldn't just go on a killing spree. That's not her. So it had it has to be some right. indirect thing that she caused that led to those people's deaths. But then it's going to turn out that it wasn't her. It was like you know something that was inevitably going to happen. She didn't really cause it. You, Cat, that's out of her character for Catwoman to be a mass murderer for no reason. Right. Well, no. Even that many right. people, maybe like one or two people, because they crossed her. Yeah. Sure. Catwoman would get revenge, easily. but she wouldn't. She's not like a no. She's not the mass murderer type. Yeah. For those, you have Poison Ivy. You have the Joker. Rache. Yeah. Is the Joker? The Joker hasn't appeared in Rebirth so far. No, has not he? yet. Uh, he had, and you still have the theory that there, or not the theory, but the three, that theory. There are they ever going to follow up with the whole three Jokers thing, or is that just like, get is that going to spin off into like a bigger event, or because they're because they did not, there was no follow up with that at all. They'll get there. I almost guarantee you they're going to do a big event where they kill off two of them. That way they can say they killed two Jokers, and that way you still have one Joker running around. Or you'll do the War of the Jokers. Oh God. And Gotham gets caught in the middle, and Batman's trying to figure out which one is which. Because what I'm thinking thinking is, and I have to try and go back and find the picture, but it's like the Killing Joke, Joker is one of them, and that's a separate one from the Killing one Joke. That, you know, and the Killing Joke one, the like joking one from the sil- like the kidding fun one from the Silver Age, and then it's the new fifty-two one. one. Joker. I think those are the three. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um, you guys read a. Uh, Titans. There's two Titans book. I haven't read Titans. I, I read the the older Titans when I read like the first one, and I haven't read the younger ones. There, yeah, or there's any subsequent. There's ones two books. Yeah, the, the the one with the older Titans, the one that's just called Titans, is pretty pretty good. They have a uh, Ginger Wally West back. Yeah. Well, in the next Flash, I, I, or was I it this last Flash? Of, uh, Ginger Wally West. I love the latest issue of Flash because. They finally uh, had the two Wallies. The two Wallies, yeah. Yeah, I thought about buying that. I just haven't yet. Yeah, the two Wallies, it was, it, it, that, that was pretty good. Mm. DC just gives, like, both. They give you everything you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of any, like, good stories. Mm, Green Lanterns is okay. I'm trying to think. Mm. Wonder Woman's fine. I don't. I don't really know where they're going. It's okay. They're retconning her origin again. Well, speaking of Wonder Woman, the new trailer. 
Yeah, the new trailer, Wonder Woman's good. I liked it. I'm, it had I'm, color, which is new for DC movies. Uh, that's gonna make me roll my eyes. I'm not Jim John just went in there like with Microsoft Paint and just colored everything <laughs> in. Hey, wait, see what you got there. It's Gotham. Gotham does not need color. I know, but it's just well, people like I don't know if you guys seen like the Man of Steel where they color corrected. Because, like, the DC movies literally have, like, a grayscale, like, filter over everything to make it darker. And it's just, like, it's just funny when people, like, make that joke. Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of color in Suicide Squad. That's fair. Oh, but did you hear about what the original ending for Suicide Squad was? No. Um, that Enchantress was opening a portal, a boom tube, and that Steppenwolf was supposed to come through. Really? Yeah. They were going to tie it in and that's how they were going to tie it in. Which is a much better ending than how it did. Like, I don't think they were supposed to, like, fight Steppenwolf or anything. I just think that... I don't even know how they were going to do it, but I my thing was even if they stopped her and you, like, sort of saw Steppenwolf, like, the end credit scene or they could add a second end credit scene where Steppenwolf just steps through. He steps through like a portal. Yeah, and he reopens it and, like, steps through and then that's that's it. Like, that would have been fine. Dude, all I'm, I'm saying is that for DC movies, I got my fingers crossed. It's just like, look at the comics. Look what they're doing. Do that. I mean... Jesus. I have more hope for Justice League than I do for Avengers Infinity War. I'm not even worried about Infinity War yet. I am. I, I'm like, all right, Spider-Man, I'm excited for, like, Guardian, Spider-Man Homecoming... Thor. Well, it, Thor, Thor. Strange is going to be in Thor. Oh, yeah. I, I already got spoiled by the post-credits. Well, not even... Apparently, that was announced... My brother was saying that was announced a couple of months ago. But, like, no one wants to go see a Thor movie, so they're putting in the Hulk for Planet Hulk and now Strange because, for some reason, it makes sense. It doesn't. Well, that's because the, the Thor trilogy is probably the weakest out of the... What a re- what the originally you got the Iron Man trilogy, the Cap, tri- Cap trilogy, and the Thor trilogy. Thor trilogy is probably the weakest. Yeah, but it's hard to make a Thor uh-huh. movie. It's mm-hmm. hard to make a Thor movie. It is hard to make a Thor movie. Because he doesn't have. I don't know if the Thor trilogy is the weakest though. Well, Iron Man had one good movie. Yeah, Iron Man has one good movie. Thor has two movies, and then Captain America has one terrible movie. And but one you, thought, you thought First great, Avenger was terrible? Yeah. I enjoyed it. One great movie, and then one okay movie. What? Okay, I think, I mean, with Cab, I thought the first one was decent. Especially, it was pre-Avenger, like, before its time. And Winter Soldier and Civil War are, like, great. Like, those you are, like, my favorites. You made World War Two fun. World War Two was not fun for anybody. Yeah, but I think that as far as, like, modernizing Captain America and making it, like... Like, I don't know. With Captain America, they could have made it super goofy and super bad. And I feel like with the first one, it wasn't as, like... I feel like with the first one, they could have done way worse. Like, he didn't have the wings, thank God. Well, like, protruding wings I mean, that would have been fine, because that's a nod to the comics. And he could have been like, no. And everyone would have had a laugh that understood it. And then you would have moved on. Well, they kind of did that with, like, the whole propaganda, like, yeah. segment in the first one. Well, he's got, like... But that made sense, because that was true to the time. Well, yeah. I mean, that's literally what, like, Captain America was, was war propaganda. Yeah. He was created before, like, we, America even entered in mm-hmm. uh, World War II and stuff. Yep, he was a propaganda piece. Yeah. That was before, like, 
Yeah, Captain America was like a thing before America even decided they want to enter the war because we took like well, I forget how many years. I well, forget we were, how gonna, long. we were gonna stay out the war until Germany was like, "Hey, Japan, take care of America for us because we don't want what happened last time to happen again." And that was well, yeah. And then Pearl Harbor mistake. happened, and then America's like, "Oh shit!" Nineteen forty-two. Better- go time. Well, I think I think, well, and this is going to a historical standpoint, so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll pivot away from that. Um, I just think that with the the Marvel movies with Iron Man two, they were well, and I I think I said, I said this in the last podcast where people you know liked Iron Man two for some reason, but they're giving Batman vs Superman such a hard time with it, but they were the same movie, Iron Man two and Batman vs Superman for in terms of universe building are the same movie, and Batman vs Superman is way better in my opinion than Iron Man two. I hate Iron Man 2. I hate that movie. Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 are actually at the bottom of my Marvel movie list. I don't I don't, hate, both I don't hate Iron Man 2, but I do hate Iron Man 3. You thought, okay, okay. Iron Man, which one's worse? Jesus. I think Iron Man 3 is worse for what they did to the Mandarin. I think the thing about yeah, Iron Man 3 is that I think they were really, I think like, like the Iron Man movies are supposed to be like commentary on like America's role and like terrorism and that kind of stuff because it's like, oh my God, it's a scary brown terrorist. Just kidding. It's a white guy. I think they were trying to like. Well, I don't think they went with that he was brown like that. He could have just been a white guy and it was fine. Like if you didn't want to bring magic into it yet. You could have had this terrorist like this, and it still would have been a threat to Iron Man because bombs still. Hurt I think him. it's weird because like the Mandarin is like racist, like oh, yeah. the, the Mandarin is like super like. I mean, if you look at the original the Iron Man comics, the Mandarin is like yeah, it, it's straight like yellow face, like you know, it's it's pretty. I, I I think they're trying to do something different, but I do I do agree that the, the payoff for the twist was just not good at no, all. Not even close. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so, and then with the Thor movies, like, I, you know, the first one, they try to make it like sort of this Shakespearean drama, which I guess it's fine, you know, it's the Norse gods, whatever, and then Thor 2, I just sort of didn't really care about. Um, I think my friend bought me the ticket, and he was like, yeah, let's go, and I'm like, sure, I don't have Thor 2 to me is just forgettable. That's the thing. Well, it's like, it was, oh, it, and it was also shoehorning in an Infinity Stone. The, it, well, it's not even shoehorning the Infinity Stone. The thing about Thor two is that it was just like, eh, like, like two weeks after. Like, can you really remember the plot from Thor two? Like, I have to like. Can't remember. Thor the just, those movies are just like straight C's. Like both four movies have been those like they pass as a movie, but you don't really want to go revisit them or watch them ever again. Yeah, it's like Ghostbusters. Actually, I actually haven't seen Ghostbusters. It's just what I've. You're not going to see heard. Ghostbusters, not because I, I think that you know. I'm just tired of reboots, but I'm also just I I didn't. Okay, like did any you see the, the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters reboot? I'm just curious. The first one. I I have not seen it. I want to give it a chance just because I want to support like women in lead roles. I feel but yeah. I've just heard some bad things about it. Well, when I, can't do it. I heard it wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to no, be, but it was still bad. That, that's the, like consensus. Do you remember? Uh, so, Honest Trailers did an Honest Trailer for Ghostbusters for that one, and they turned off the comment section because they knew how bad it would get. 
Yeah, I mean, well, it's like, dude, they literally tried to, like, ruin Leslie Jones's like, entire life. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah. over was like, she wasn't even the worst character in it. Well, it's one of those things, too, like, I, I'm always someone, I don't really blame actors for bad movies, because usually when a movie is bad, it's like, okay, the script was poor, or the directing was poor, or the, you know, whoever was, put, you know, planning out the movie, they put the wrong actor for the wrong role. Yeah. That's that's the thing is that most actors around are decent actors except for, you know, I don't know, Adam Sandler or someone like that. <laughs> but like you got to but there are certain characters, but certain actors are good at playing certain characters. Like there are certain actors that like okay, you you're really only good with villains. Mm. Like you're not believable as a good guy. Yeah, like you get so just, Yeah. That's the that's the thing. So so when you're like, oh, I'm going to go send actors death threats for a bad movie, it's like, dude, that's them just going in for a job. Yeah. Like, you could do better. That doesn't make any sense. Like, if you, no, no one goes out of their way saying, you know what, I'm going to do the worst I can in this movie. Let's do this. Unless it's Joe Schumacher with the Batman movies, because he's the only person that can kill Batman. Schumacher. Yeah. He was a director. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. For I was Batman, just like, okay, yeah. Uh, forever and Gotcha. Never. All right. Well, since we've pivoted away from a rebirth for the most part, um, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? Any anything like in the news or any like any other shows or things that you've been like interested in watching? Caleb, do you have any? Uh, uh, I'm finally starting Sherlock. Thank God, it's awesome. I had to get my Bandit Cumberbatch fix right before uh, Doctor Strange. I haven't um, seen it. Is it? Is it? Is it really good? It's very good. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have? Do you watch? Um, your time in, not this. Caleb, have you watched uh, Dragon Ball Super at all? Dragon Ball Super. I haven't started yet. I've heard. Like my one buddy, he's he's been watching it. He says it's. He says it's like more of a Dragon Ball Z meets Dragon Ball. Like, it's like the goofiness of Dragon Ball with Dragon Ball Z, like, dressing on it. You can skip, like, the first, what, 30-something episode? If you've seen the movies. Yeah, if you saw Battle If you saw the, the movies, you can skip, like, at least a good half of it. Because the stuff they're doing now is pretty good. I mean, for me, it's... Okay. For me, it's like, okay, for, um... When I was four or five, uh, the Tree of Might had just come out in America, and my oh, brothers okay. and I were watching it, and my mom came in, or my older brother and I were watching My oldest brother calls Dragon Ball Z the loser squad, which makes sense, because they lost all the time until they won. But uh, my mom came in, and she saw Gohan transform into a great ape. And she was like, that's demonic, you're not watching it. And so from the age of four to like oh 10 God. or 11, I couldn't watch Dragon Ball Z. But I could still play <laughs> Budokai and Budokai Tenkaichi. So I still knew the story because yeah. all the, the all the games had the same story. But I just couldn't watch Start the Star with Raditz and with Boo. Right. There you go. So then when... Uh, Dragon oh, Ball's plot is not like hard to follow no, at all. No, not at all. So I never really watched the TV show. I watched GT when that came on. And um, so this is like my first one watching it in the Dragon Ball Z continuity. Uh, everything else I read in like the manga, like Dragon Ball and, you know, Dragon Ball Z. 
which you know it's cool so it's i can see the definite goofiness of dragon ball and like i think the one thing that sort of summed it up for how dragon ball super is when it's not being serious is there was a point where future trunks was trying to give a sensu bean to someone and he chewed it up and he basically put it in her mouth with his mouth and goku was like trunks you just touched her mouth with your mouth and vegeta's like what you haven't kissed before you're married and oh goku's yeah like what does that oh, have yeah, to apparently do with goku, anything yeah goku and his wife apparently have never made out and i'm just like what that's a thing in the new scene of the Dragon Ball that they just like mentioned offhand, and it's just like, what? I'm like, uh, all right, I know how seriously to take this. But uh, Caleb, they brought back a, yeah, right. they brought back like Future Trunks, and he has like an interesting plot line. There's like mm-hmm. an evil version of like Goku going around, and that's pretty much who they're fighting. And all the characters like like Goku and Vegeta they're actually like challenged and have like lost multiple times yeah because for like the first two seasons of Super they are pretty much they're pretty much stronger than everybody I mean you've seen like the stuff with like Beerus and whatnot, but they still really aren't like challenged challenged by like actual villains up until this point well you have the tournament you have Hit yeah but that still wasn't like you knew that Hit wasn't like gonna like kill you know what I mean yeah he wasn't like he was more like a challenge so yeah, Dragon Ball Super is pretty good if anyone hasn't checked it out already. Just go on YouTube. There are streams on there. Yeah, I think you can watch it for free on Crunchyroll. At least the older episodes, right? Mm-hmm. I just Someone just puts up a live stream Sunday mornings, and that's how I watch it. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw Crunchyroll. I believe they're... Crunchyroll is where pretty much where you want to go for like legal subbed anime. They, I think they're reaching a deal with Funimation, who does like the dubs. Yep. Where like, I mean, if you're if you're trying to like pay for stuff, there, I think they're gonna have like some sort of monthly service where you can watch both like um, dubbed and sub anime. You know, paying the same bill pretty much legally. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I, that's that's in that's interesting. I don't really need it dubbed. I just need to see the punches being thrown. That's about it. I like the Dragon Ball Z dub a little bit. I like the Dragon Ball Z dub. I like Dragon Ball Z abridged. I went to a convention Friday and met uh, the guy who voices uh, Gohan. Mm. A good time. Asked him what he thinks about Gohan like not fighting anymore. And he's like, oh, I... He's like, dude, I, I hope he does. Because, Caleb, I don't know if you know... You, you know, like, Gohan, like, the green tracksuit and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. Super, he's not... In Super, he's, like, not fighting at all. And people are, like, upset. Yeah. Do you remember in Bardock, um, they they there was a race where they could see the future, and then they hit Bardock with it, and then Bardock could see the future or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you talking about the you yeah. talking about the movie about Goku's dad like way back in the yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. So then, like, they uh, made a joke in um, Dragon Ball Z Abridged where they that planet mysteriously repopulated and so they're uh the all the citizens were like i can see the future vegeta and boma have a kid the real boo is a child cell reaches his perfect form gohan's the strongest in the universe and he still doesn't do crap that gohan is literally the strongest until he decides, hey, I'm going to be a scholar. Yeah, he just stops. Gohan just, like, just doesn't do anything anymore. But it was always an interesting plot point that the 
basically the kids of Goku and Vegeta are technically stronger than their parents. They all just don't they, fight yeah, anymore. They really just did away with that. Yeah, because I, I think, I don't know, I think with Super, they're pretty much like giving people, like, I, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of like traditional like Dragon Ball fans, they just really just like Goku and Vegeta. And mm-hmm. I think that's why they just take up 90% of the action in the show. I mean, I loved Gohan. Gohan was the man. Well, because in like Gohan, Gohan was like one of the characters that like you saw progress throughout the series. Mm-hmm. From like you know he goes from like a boy to a man. You know Except what I mean? He was like twelve. <laughs> well, I mean at the end of like at the end of Dragon Ball Z, you know yeah, he was he in was. high school, and but even even then, you know he went to like being like an adult. Yeah. Essentially, and you feel like that character like grew, whereas Goku's relative after Dragon Ball. He's relatively the same as far as like his personality. He just, yeah. oh, I can get stronger now. But he was he was more serious than Dragon Ball, and he was a kid. Yeah, no, Goofy, Go, Goku is just goofy in Dragon Ball Super. Not in like a bad way, but like they'll use Goku being stupid as like a plot point all the time, almost like they're watching Dragon Ball Z abridged mm-hmm. sometimes. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but it's I don't know, it's interesting. Anything anything else? So I'll go ahead. Yeah. Have fun with that. Sorry. We'll go ahead and end everything here. Okay. Caleb, where can uh do you wanna give out like a Twitter handle or something if like people wanna like find you? Yeah, sure. If anybody wants to find me on Twitter, uh it's Caleb Armstrong at, at young Kaliba. Y O U N G K H A L I B A. I tweet out everything from live tweeting the presidential debates to sports and then comic book goodness. So just go ahead and give me a follow. Yep, go for Yeah, be sure to follow Caleb. I'll, and, and, and on the YouTube version of this in the description, I'll put his uh, Twitter on there so people will be able to find it. I'll put it in, and on the, I think SoundCloud, you can put the description in. I'll. Put it there. Peep my mixtape on SoundCloud is straight fire. Yeah, yeah. I'll, but this will. I've got another video I need to film, so this podcast will probably be up. I'm assuming in like under a week's time, depending on when I get my stuff together. But yeah, thanks, Caleb. Thanks for uh, staying on, and I think this is a good podcast. So yeah, I think we're just gonna sign off. Bye bye. Live long and prosper. I wave, but no one can see it.